theme this weekend is Doors of Opportunity. We're going to look and see what the Bible says about Doors of Opportunity. So let me read to you from Revelation chapter 3. These are words from Jesus spoken to one of the churches, one of the seven churches of Revelation, in this case the church in Philadelphia. Here's what it says. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I was um, searching on the internet this week, and I discovered that in just about every culture you can find, different cultures have some really weird and crazy traditions, and I so enjoyed uh, taking a look at those. For example, I found out this week that uh, in Spain, on the last Wednesday in August, the festival of La Tomatina is celebrated. Uh, that's when a whole town gathers together to throw tomatoes at each other, tomatoes at each other. No one really knows the reason why they do this, but they have a great time they plaster each other with tomatoes and then they go home happy. Let's face it, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, then there's the weird American custom, if I may say so, that every year at Thanksgiving, the president performs a ceremony of pardoning a live turkey. I mean, I'm sure the turkey's ecstatic, but I mean, let's face it, it is really weird that that happens. And before you think that uh, I'm suggesting that we Brits don't have any weird ceremonies, we are the masters of crazy traditions. Every year at uh, the state opening of Parliament, uh, all members of Parliament in the House of Commons are, are required to go to the House of Lords to hear the Queen's speech. Now, she didn't write it, but she pretends that she did. But that's not important right now. And she sends a guy called Black Rod to summon all of the members of Parliament. His name is not really Black Rod. His parents didn't call him that. But that's not important right now. And he's dressed in medieval costume. So frankly, he looks kind of stupid. But that's not important right now. And as he walks up to the doorway of the House of Commons, uh, they open the door ceremonially ceremonially they open the door and then they slam it in his face we do this every year it's weird and then he knocks on the door with his mace three times and they open the door he summons them all to hear the queen it is weird it's a ceremony if you will of open doors and of closed doors in writing to the church in Philadelphia and by the way this Philadelphia was in Asia, not, in, not the place in Pennsylvania that gave us the famous sandwich, just to be clear about that. When Jesus spoke to the church in Philadelphia, he spoke to one of only two of the churches where he had no words of rebuke or criticism. Imagine that, Jesus walking into a church and saying, everything's great. That's pretty amazing. But then he talks to this church, this church which is experiencing persecution, very likely they have been shut out of the synagogues of the city. But Jesus speaks to them now and he says, I've, I'm putting an open door 
of opportunity in front of you. And it's not really prescribed what that open door means. But Jesus is saying, I, I want you people who've been shut out to know that I'm opening something for you. We are absolutely convinced that God, by His Spirit, has opened a door of opportunity for us as a Timberland community to confront and do something about the evil of human trafficking, particularly sex trafficking. What is sex trafficking? What, what happens? Well, it's where any person is coerced, is forced into a sexual act because of psychological control, because of economic control. They have to do this, otherwise there's no money with violence or with the threat of violence. Uh, you, you might think, well, why, why don't people just walk away from this? Well, if you are tragically a child who has been trafficked early, you are denied education. Education leads to opportunity and development of skills. There is nowhere to go. And in some cases, people are pimped and they are under 18, and there doesn't even need to be any coercion or control. It's still trafficking. Effectively, you can summarize it like this. If you're trafficked, you lose your control of your life. You now belong. You are under the power of somebody else. But we are convinced that God has given us the opportunity to walk through doors of opportunity. And as we've been able to do that, the result is that there are now smiles on the faces of people where previously their faces were stained by tears every day. Doors of opportunity, doors that lead to joy. So, so what can we learn from Scripture about these doors of opportunity? If you're following in the bulletin, let's, let's dive in. First of all, doors of opportunity are usually discovered, not constructed. What does that mean? Doors of opportunity are usually discovered, not constructed. Let's read what the Apostle Paul said about a doorway. He says, Now, when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, I found that the Lord had opened a door for me. Paul is getting on with his work, but then suddenly discovered that an opportunity a connection had emerged previously, perhaps not even aware that it was going to happen, but now he discovers that opportunity. Isn't it true that in a world filled with need, we can feel overwhelmed? In fact, we can even experience compassion fatigue. We can throw our hands up in despair. We can say, well, what can we do? It's a drop in the ocean. There's nothing that can change. We're convinced that the Holy Spirit, through relational connections, has opened opportunities for us as Timberline Church to engage in this tremendous, tremendous work. A door of opportunity is usually discovered, not constructed. Secondly, a door of opportunity calls us to prayer. Calls us to prayer. Colossians 4.3, pray for us too, Paul says, that God may open a door for our message. In other words, the fact that God opens a door doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility to pray. If you go onto the YouCount website, and I would like to encourage every one of you to visit that site this week, and if you've got your bulletin, 
you can write this address down, youcountcampaign.org. If you go to that website, you will see that one of the top tabs on the website says prayer, pray. And then it lists opportunities and gives examples of how we can pray, to pray for victims, rather obviously, to pray for a greater awareness of this need, to pray for members of law enforcement as they tackle this on the ground, to pray for men, that God will raise up godly examples of masculinity that don't include commodifying people, to pray for legislators and for world leaders, that God will direct them to shape legislation that will defend those who are trafficked. And I want to I call us to prayer about this issue. Visit the website, open doors, call us to prayer. Thirdly, doors of opportunity reflect God's mission and heart. They reflect God's mission and heart. Look at Acts 14. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Now, now, now just look at this for a moment. The Gentiles had been excluded. Initially, the gospel was all about the Jews. In its early history, that's the way the church was. But God was saying, no, my mission is to embrace all people everywhere beyond the traditional historic cultural boundaries. This is his heart and he's passionate about it. Look at Isaiah 61. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. This is not about a bunch of Christians doing nice things. Christian do-goodism. Oh, there's a, there's a cause. Let's get involved. No, this initiative, this mission, this campaign, it reflects the passionate heart of God. Why? Because God is a God of righteousness. Now, what does righteousness mean? Often we read the word righteous in the Bible, which sits, by the way, right at the heart of the Sermon on the Mount. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And we can tend to translate that personally only. It's just about me not being naughty and being pure Yes, embracing righteousness. And it does include that. But righteousness, really, it's about the rightness of God. A God who is the king. And the king wants things done right on his earth. That means straight pathways. It means justice in the courts. It means weights and measures that are are not subject to to, uh, being manipulated. Uh, Extortion. Righteousness. It's also this God who, as I said, loves justice. Let's be clear about this. This is not charity work. It's got nothing to do with charity. Sometimes I hear people say charity begins at home. Well, that's a highly mistaken comment too. But this is not just about charity. This is about a God whose heart burns for justice for those who have been denied Freedom. This reflects God's mission and heart. Fourthly, open doors lead us into battle. There's a battle going on here. Look at what Paul says to the Corinthians. I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me. And then he immediately says, and there are many who oppose me. Wow. 
do you see the link? Not only is there opportunity, but the moment Paul identifies that, he says, and there's opposition too. Opportunity and opposition go together. There's a battle going on here. And as people who follow Jesus and love his word, we are aware, aren't we, that this is not simply a social issue. But beneath the issue, there are dark forces that want to manipulate, control. Satan is the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And when when a person's freedom is stolen, that echoes that dark satanic agenda. Again, this is why we need to pray. This is not just work. This is warfare. Well, the last thing is this, and that is that open doors, doors of opportunity, invite our ongoing response. Our ongoing response. Let's go back again to the words of Jesus to the church in Philadelphia. He says, see, I have placed before you an open door. What does an open door do? Well, it invites you to go through it. But you have to make a choice to go through the door. And in this case, what's on the other side of the doors? There's an opportunity to bring the smile of freedom. We once again are invited this weekend to continue to see the open doors of opportunity and to go through them together. Something wonderful happens surely when freedom comes. When a young woman does not wake up with the thought that there will be a line of men today. I tried to find some words to capture that beautiful exhilaration that must surely come with freedom. And I discovered these words. You see, trafficking, sex trafficking is a catastrophe. It's catastrophic. But J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote the Lord of the Rings trilogy, he coined this, this word, I, I love it, a catastrophe. A catastrophe. What's a catastrophe? Well, it's the opposite of a catastrophe. Euchre, eucharist. We use that word sometimes to describe communion. Tolkien was describing what happens when the king, when God's spirit breaks in and freedom comes. It's a eucatastrophe. And he shares these words in The Return of the King. Let me read them to you before we pray. Gandalf, Sam said, I thought you were dead. But then I thought I was dead myself. Is everything sad going to come untrue? What's happened to the world? A great shadow has departed, said Gandalf. And then he laughed, and the sound was like music, or like water in a parched land. And as he listened, the thought came to Sam that he had not heard laughter, the pure sound of merriment, for days upon days without count. It fell upon his ears like the echo of all the joys he had ever known. He himself burst into tears. Then as a sweet rain will pass down a wind of spring and the sun will shine out the clearer, his tears ceased 
and his laughter welled up. And laughing, he sprang from his bed. How do I feel? He cried. Well, I don't know how to say it. I feel, I feel. He waved his hands in the air. I feel like spring after winter and sun on the leaves and like trumpets and harps and all the songs I have ever heard. Freedom. Let's pray. Like spring after winter, sun on the leaves, trumpets, harps, all the songs I've ever heard. We thank you so much, Lord, because that experience of exhilaration has come to so many. We thank you for doors of connection, of opportunity, doors that you have opened, doors that reflect your heart. Help us to pray. Help us to engage in ongoing battle. And as you continue to place before us an open door of opportunity, help us to go through it together. We're grateful. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. And everyone said.